Hey, what's up, guys? Lucas Burnley here, along with my co-host, TJ Schwartz. You are listening to the Edge and Flow podcast. Um, so TJ and I have been going over what we wanted to talk about today, and we've got something that is kind of prickly, but it's on our minds, and we figure, like, might as well just have a discussion around it and and kind of see where it goes. Um, so yeah. TJ, uh, what are we talking about, man? Yeah, so... Certain things have happened in the industry very, very recently this week, really, as far as uh, what people have been talking about. But this is a very big conversation. Uh, and so I think we should frame it as a big conversation and not just about what happened this week, but um, kind of catalyst, week. catalyst leading yeah. into conversation, right? Yeah, yeah, All exactly. Right. So what is what is the catalyst? So uh, this week it was brought. It, it's not a new phenomenon, but it was brought to my attention and your attention and many people's attention a particular company do we name do we name the company uh yeah i think i yeah. think okay. honestly like it gives context yeah w- william williams knife co believe out of south carolina ish something like that yep sounds uh, right. posting pictures on their instagram about their high quality original knives that they're quote unquote making and they are direct copies of designs of mine of designs of the james brand of designs of uh, Brian Efros. B- Brian Efros. Yep. Seems like there's maybe others. Yep. But regardless, there is a, a catalog of knives that are being marketed by this company as original designs that are absolutely not. And it's part of the conversation today is what is a copy and what's a clone, et cetera. But these are one-to-one replicas in a sense. Yeah. Well, and there's that's like a big question, right? Like around around this kind of like intellectual property that is not copyrighted, not patented, like minor changes can be made. And like, where as designers, do we look at something and say like, that is too close? Or, or are you able to see like the lineage? Everyone is inspired by work and that's not what we're talking about. Um, I think you and I both have the, general overview that like not even acknowledging when something is copied is like usually the best case. Like I've always said, like leader follow, like mm-hmm. I know that if I have a successful design, there's going to be some amount of people that, that take either large like elements from it. Right. Mm-hmm. And kind of rearrange it or just kind of copy it in whatever way they see fit. Like the Quiken was the first knife that really happened with, um, and at first, like you get your, it's hard, right? Like you see kind of something getting diluted as you go on. You just realize like, look, I would rather have people with like taking my old ideas and I just need to keep working on new stuff. But I feel like there is some criteria criteria around this that can give guidance and like, I don't know, just like show a little bit of the process of like, how, how are you respectful as a designer while still being inspired by others work? Yeah. And, and it's just generally the conversation of intellectual property and what does that mean? Right. You know, is, is kind of the macro here, but in the, in this instance, it was not using like emblems, imagery or trademarks that were of the knives that they were. It's not a counterfeit. Yeah. It's not a counterfeit. And, and I've heard the word clone and I've used the word clone. Yep. And some people, they use the word clone and they're referring to knives that have the same logoing and marking in an effort to be a counterfeit. Would you right. say a clone and a counterfeit? Is that the same term? 
I use them. I use them a little bit differently. To me, a counterfeit is presented as something it is not. A clone, in in my context, is a knife that is like basically a one to one recreation, but branded as something else. And yeah. looking at this, when we started looking at the photos, what what I saw is the most like logical kind of conclusion was that this company probably went overseas, went to an, uh, you know, a, a manufacturer and bought knives to have badged as their own branded knives. Mm-hmm. Not a problem, right? Mm-hmm. The problem usually arises when someone doesn't have an oversight of the industry and they don't realize that they are buying a clone of another maker's design. Yeah. Okay. We see this on kind of the fringes of the industry. So if you are a knife company who exists like primarily in like the hunting or outdoor space where you're dealing with different distributors, you're not necessarily like familiar with the designers or like main companies. It's easy to do this. Mm -hmm. They would not be the first brand that this has happened to by a long shot. My issue arises around how they've handled the situation, which is every designer or maker that has reached out to them, they have refused to respond to and they've blocked. That to me shows like malicious intent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not not only the willingness to sell and peddle like essentially copyright, not literal copyright infringement, but it's in a sense like infringement on the intellectual property of these designs, but then to also try to shelf them or uh, like push away anybody that's questioning them in a way that's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with the words right now, but I guess it's well, to the way have, they're like, hiding to have from like, it. Yeah. To have a conversation with someone who is being reasonable. Like if a maker reaches out and says, Hey, this design that you have is my design. Right. And there's no response. And then they block you. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. It would seem after doing some like kind of digging that this is an ongoing problem. So you and I both discussed whether we wanted to like mention the company in this context for me, it's actually less about the company themselves and more about like kind of educating people around this process of like, I don't know, some of the ins and outs of like, look, it's you will see online, like people will comment like, well, it's not patented or it's not trademark. I realize that from like a legal standpoint, like they're completely right. Mm-hmm. You and I like came up in an industry where there's like a large amount of respect for other people's um, IP, right? Intellectual yeah, property. Yeah. You respect the designs, you know, the history, like we're careful, like you try to know like where details or elements of certain designs originate. Mm-hmm. So the conversation we're having here is, is kind of twofold. Like it's not a legal conversation. Like no one is yeah. going to go after a company and be like, you copied my knife. I'm going after you. Right. Unless it's something that is like a patented feature. Yeah. Yeah. And that's usually at the mass production scale. Right. Agreed. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and to kind of prove your point that you'd made earlier about the way that this probably happened is I had a friend of mine who lives in Seattle and he was looking at kind of a boutique knife shop. And this is really common, similar to what you described, where it was obvious this boutique knife shop did the same thing where they wanted to have an in-house knife brand, hired a manufacturer to brand 
knives and designs that they let the manufacturer come up with and send them to them for them to sell as their own knife. Well, in that glass case that he sent me the video of was the same clone knife, the exact same and even the same colorway as the one that Williams Knife Co. was selling. Right. As their Um, own unique design. uh, Yeah. And so because it was the same knife, it's like it it validates the point you've made that it was like the source of the actual infringement was upstream. Right. But again, it's like it's all about when first contact is made. Like, for example, if I were to reach out to Williams Knife Co., like how is that handled? Right. Is is, is ultimately what matters. And you mentioned people getting blocked. I had a essentially what happened to me is people kept bringing this up to me because it kind of became like a fever pitch. It's a very recognizable design, right? Two designs. Yeah. Right. And, and people were bringing it up to me. I usually ignore clones. Uh, that's another thing we can dive into after this is like what we do about it. Um, but I usually ignore them. And then this time there was so many people bringing it up to me and I kept going back to this Williams knife co Instagram feed to like, just look at it and see, what people were commenting, et cetera. And at one time I went back to it and I was blocked and I had not reached out. I had not, I hadn't done anything or said anything. Right. It was You'd just never that, commented on it, a post. Exactly. So it was people claiming that they were, you know, they were infringing on my designs, right. made them block me without me being involved. You as the um, designer without yeah. them ever having reached yeah. out. Yeah. Right. So to me, that is absolutely nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That is just like a willful disregard to have any kind of open communication. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is where I think I really start to have a problem, right? Which is just because you don't understand how something works or the rules of like, <laughs> like how, how are the relationships in our, in our kind of like field work doesn't give you a pass to just take advantage of whoever you want and think that it's fine. Right. So ultimately, like when we look at them as a company, what I see is I see that they work with like some pretty legitimate, uh, like retailers, right? Like they work with fly Lords, they work with Grundens. They were, I mean, they're, they're in the outdoor space. Mm -hmm. My theory on this one with the designers, I think they've been doing it for a long time, but my theory is that because of who they decided or, or, even if it wasn't a willful decision to do it, the copied knives, the clones that they have in their catalog right now, I feel like they may have like drastically overstepped. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you have everything from two well-known brands. Okay. Um, So you have James brand and is the model, the model your torrent, the torrent, which I designed for millet knives and CRKT and CRKT both make the so, same design. Right. Yeah. So they are now this company has a clone of a knife that is designed by you and manufactured by CRKT as a collaboration. Mm-hmm. And they also have a one-to-one clone of a James brand knife. And yeah. the thing is, these are not really like debatable like elements like these are very unique designs with very unique design language and a history of like the 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 process of them being released into the world like for them to say like oh this is our design like you're lying it doesn't work because like you can go back and you can see like where you were designing this knife in instagram yeah probably four years ago yeah yeah that and uh it's a really bad position to be in it, it is. It really is. And it's that. And so we can also dive into like, there's designs that are derivations of other designs totally. and that are like 
there's not a lot of effort going into creating these things that are in reality, just, they aren't new. Um, that's fine. It's I'm a, I'm a knife designer. So I look at a knife and I think about how original it is and how new it is and like how, how it makes me feel looking at it, having seen like so many knives in my life. Right. But if there's companies like, let's say this company, they just want to serve a hunting community, a community that doesn't see knives every day. They don't want something new and fresh. Like if they just wanted a derivative design that they could sell as orange handles, we market it for hunting. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Right. And, and derivative designs, like it's not imaginative, it's not fresh, but it's also not completely unethical. It's not a clone. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's, let's get into this a little bit, right? Like there's, there's a lot of tropes around this, like, you know, good artists borrow, great artists steal, uh, you know, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Like there's all of these things and we come like the knife industry in general is pretty community based. You're inspired by other people that you work with. There's working methods that actually lend themselves towards certain styles. Right. So I think that this conversation essentially happens like in degrees, right? As a maker, you see another maker's knife and you're like, that is awesome. I wish I designed it. Right. Yeah. Everyone I think is inspired to a point where you're like, okay, like I I love these lines. Like for me personally, right. I look at it from a context of like, what can I, what can I take that I like without ending up at the same, you know, finish point. I, for me, I think that's what they mean. Or like, that's how I've always read the the comment, like good artists borrow, great artists steal. Yeah. I think that the stolen elements are actually, reused in a way that makes them fresh again. Right? Yeah. 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 This is also a component of like the idea that like, there's nothing new in the world. Like everything, that every knife that's been designed, the shape is there. That is, there's probably a lot of accuracy in that, but we're talking about like individual design language. We're talking about like the way that all of these components come together for the finished product. Like when you look at the James brand knife, that has been cloned, it's actually really unique. And it's unique Mm -hmm. because it doesn't really have like what I would consider like a knife make knife maker, knife designer feel. It feels more, it feels like industrial design. Yeah. 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 The way that they used line, the way that they use scale proportion color, like it makes it unique whether or not like the profile shape of it is anything like special when you look at it, you're like, you, it's instantly recognizable. Yeah. 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 Right? Well, it's like, it's like designing for, you know, some of these big brands like Apple, you know, computers. Right. It's like, you look at an Apple laptop, it's like from a kind of bird's eye view from 10 feet away. It's like, it's still a laptop. Yeah. But then, then you look at like, oh, their charge port is the lightning port. They're not using totally. USB. They're, they're doing this. They got rid of the headphone jack so they could make it thinner. Like it's, it's flatter. It's got like bevels, you know, like it's, it's, the devil's in the details. I think we talk about yeah. that all the time with design is like three people can make the same design in theory, like from a macro level, but in the details, like totally separate. And right. that's where I admire designers that can, cause like we've talked about the, the knife fitting in the shape of your hand and it's like sure. everyone's hand is generally similar. So it's like the knives are going to end up looking similar. So how do you differentiate? Right. Um, and that's kind of the job of the designer. And that's where, when I see like, derivative designs it's like if they you can derivative you can 
derivate, <laughs> I guess it is, with like effectiveness. And that's, I try not to operate too much like that, but like I can respect it. You know what I mean? For sure. And that's, and that's where when it, with a company like this, like I would love to have a conversation with somebody operating in that way and just say like, you know, you can still do you know, semi-derivative designs and still be like legit, right? Like but the problem is, is they're not, they're not doing any design. Yeah. They're presenting it like they're doing design, but they're mm-hmm. not actually doing, they're not doing the creative work. They're not saying like, Hey, let's change this, this, and this. And then we end up where we want. And it's not a clone. They're not yeah. doing that. Right. Yeah. I think that another with, with social media, like we see a lot as makers, like I've had all kinds of interesting things. Um, I've made custom Quikens and had people write in that I'm copying the Boker Quiken. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like we take for granted that, okay, not everybody knows the history and not everybody is a huge nerd. Do you think that as designers, like we're asking too much for people to be able to tell the difference between like, or, or let me, let me reframe that when you and I, had the tuna and the overland come out right with crkt we had the same colorway and it came out the same catalog year came out in the same catalog and the same colorway as a designer looking at those knives they are very very different right like Mm -hmm. the way that line is used like the overall flow like everything is different but they were the same color we both had a lot of people say like oh is this like this knife related to this knife is this like, Oh, this looks like a copy of this knife. Mm-hmm. And when you and I look at it, like there are zero similarities other than just the color. Right. But people are, people are seeing the color and maybe like a general size and going, Oh, this is a copy or this is, this is similar. That's never what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like very, very specific details that start to like, I've always, I've always said like, man, if I can, look at a design and see where you changed two lines and like end and I end up back at my design. Like that is very close. Yeah. Yeah. Does it, is it mean I'm going to like go after you or call you out? Actually? No, but I can see it. And I think a lot of other people can see it too. Right. So there's like an education process of like knowing the history and maybe this, maybe this is for us. Like this is what I consider like due diligence we kind of have to know what's on the market. We kind of have to have some oversight as to like what's come before us. Right. That's right. Just because it informs your work in an honest way. And, and when it comes to like the customer perspective, I have to like self reflect a little bit because it's easy to get in the situation of like, uh, I mean, it, this doesn't just apply to knives, right? It applies to everything. Like there's, there's the original inventor. There's like, the original manufacturer of most things. And then oftentimes there's the copies that flow behind any successful product. Right. And they could be derivations. They could be innovative in their own way, but then there's some that are just flat out copies. And so it's like, if you're like, if I'm going to buy something that isn't a knife, so I'm not, like you said, a nerd about that thing. And I see the same, what appears to me to be the same thing. And one's cheaper. Like I do have to think to myself, like, uh, to what degree do I put that on me to find the true source of that intellectual property and buy from them? Totally. Like how responsible yeah. am I? Because that's, I have to put myself in the mindset of someone buying a knife who isn't a knife professional or expert. Right. Right. And that's a good question. Like, what right. do you think and, about and that? There's, I mean, there's big questions around this too. Like if you're going to buy, 
you know, uh, an Eames chair and you can't afford it at this point and you buy a cloned Eames chair, like, is there, is there like a statute of limitations on this stuff? It, it's muddy. It's really, mm-hmm. really muddy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think for myself, like all things have their time. Um, this situation, like you were very ready to kind of just like, let it go. Mm-hmm. Right. Realizing like in no way is it going to hurt your business. This one really stuck with me because it looked it just looked so blatant. Like, Hey, we know what's going on. We know these are other people's designs. We don't care. We're going to take them. We're going to block you. We're not going to have a conversation because you don't matter. And that, that bothers me. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I don't want to see that go unanswered. Yeah. But, it, but at the same time, like you start to, you start to ask the questions and like, look at it from this kind of broader perspective like we're all making we're not all making but like we're all making frame locks yeah right no exactly like and and that's where it's like because you know chris reeve and michael walker kind of pioneered the frame and liner lock around the same time do we now have to buy any frame and liner lock from them directly you know it's like that's not that's a reach right but right but where so when i look at it i'm like that's a feature and that feature has been out a long time Mm -hmm. it's is it open source? Like, is there a point where things become open source? And like, I would argue that at the point where something is like recognizable as its entity, like anything that is cloning it, man, inside, it's really, it's hard. It's hard to even like find the words to talk about. Let me say something I've noticed with like, maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe it's something in the, in the United States. I don't know, but it seems like mechanisms and functional, uh, like uh, like uh, things that could be patented as a not a design patent, but an actual like a, a liner lock, a frame lock, an axis lock, right. things like this. It seems like if it hasn't been patented or if the patent has run out, it seems like people are very okay as customers and as just general consumers with that being used by other people. Yeah. But to me, what seems like the real friction point is design from an aesthetic standpoint. Yeah. Aesthetic it design. Seem, seems like aesthetics are way more important to people from an intellectual property standpoint. Yes. Um, and it's like, people don't really legally protect that stuff. They usually right. just, they just kind of rely on like people not being willing to interfere with that, right. I guess. Yeah. Why do you and think you have is? this too? You have like this artist mindset and you have the business mindset, right? And the business mindset, a lot of times I think looks at the, this discussion and says, well, it's not patented, so I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And the artist mindset says like, I want to respect like the origins of something or like a style because you realize like there are certain elements that if you take and put on a knife, it instantly feels like someone else's knife, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like you could take details and and like make something feel like, a lot of makers, right? Like yeah. you could make a knife and it would feel like a Shirogarov because you could, yeah. you could utilize surface texturing and, and these like kind of elements that at the end, even if it's not like a one-to-one, it just feels that way. Mm-hmm. That's why this one-to-one thing is so mind blowing to me Yeah, yeah. to not be able to look at something and go, 
Those are all of the same lines assembled in the exact same way at the same scale. You can't see that. Like, yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing that it happens honestly, because it, as a designer myself, maybe I put more weight on it than most, but it's like, I do, I'm probably falling prey, like I said, to the culture, but like the, the aesthetic of something has a human characteristic yes. and it feels like identity theft in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, I really I try to think deeply about that. Cause I'm like, how cultural is that? Or how like actually how human is it versus how regional is that? Yeah. Um, because you also, uh, you know, if you look at like cars, people get really mad if a car looks like another car, it's the same right. thing in the car industry. But it's like if a company comes out with they ditch like Ford started ditching V8s and going to turbo V6s like right. they just that was kind of their thing. And now other companies are doing it. People don't seem to like get upset about that. No. And it's like there's you could make the case that that's the same thing. But then most people, they see the shape of the mirror, the shape of like the wheels and the. Oh, yeah. the way they did the grill, like it's too similar. You know, like people are really territorial about that. Yeah. And Do that's you, something as small as a grill. If you take this to logo design, it's the same thing. Like if you see the Nike swoosh, like there's only so close that you could get to that as another brand without people being like, what are you trying to be Nike? Mm-hmm. So I think of the comparisons here are, are sometimes like this. Yeah. This visual component of like understanding like the origins of a design and just realizing like humans actually do care. Mm-hmm. Like we can tell the difference, right? Yeah. It's just strange to me that I, I think, I think in this case too, something that really bothered me is like the way that their website is presented. They talk like they are creating these unique designs. It, if anybody listening to this, just go to williamsknifeco.com. Like, Yuck. <laughs> just the, the, like the way they're talking about, they've got pictures of designing quote unquote, they've got yeah, pictures like of like hand, hand to paper, we're, you know, we're, these unique artworks inspired and, by the outdoors to be this unique original. I mean, they're very, yeah. it's very contradictory to reality. Right. So it's not like when I see a clone on, you know, eBay, it's, I don't, I don't look at it and see this like banner waving of like, we're this, you know, American blue collar. No, you know, it's like popping up on Alibaba. Yeah. Or like it, eBay. It's kind of like a wink and a nod. Like, yeah. I know what you're doing. It's like, yeah, it is nameless, faceless. Yeah. Right? And that's why I usually yeah. kind of ignore that. Cause I'm like, eh, whatever they're Same. doing what they're doing. But with this, it's like, don't pretend. Right. Yeah. The pretending is what is. Yeah. Is well, just like, just show respect. Yeah. I think that that's a big one. Right. And like, is respect owed? Like, not really. Like, why does this guy need to get back to anybody who he's copied? I guess like from a legal standpoint, like he's probably making a good decision. Like I, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm just like not okay yeah. with it. Yeah. And again, like this, this conversation, like for me is not so much about their company just as like a larger, larger conversation kind of around like as makers and designers, like where are you obligated to like, show respect and to like not borrow heavily from other ideas Mm -hmm. or like, Mm -hmm. what is the correct way to do that? You know? Yeah. Well, maybe I can ask you about this. I have had designs where, I mean, everybody probably has had designs where if you post it, there's usually somebody saying something like, well, that looks like X, Y, Z that, you know, that kind of looks like that's just very common. Like there's a lot of people that see that. 
I have had times where I didn't agree, but maybe two people said the same thing that it looked like X knife. Yeah. I would actually, I have before reached out to that designer to show it to them and be like, look, two or three people have said this. Yeah. I want to just a completely honest gauge, like what's your opinion? Because I don't want there to be, you know, this bad air, like from a designer to a designer, like, do you feel like they're right? That this is too close. Yeah. And and I've done that before. Yeah. Um, So have I. And I've had a lot of makers reach out to me and like ask if something is too close. And like the reality is what I think I would say 95% of the time someone is saying like, this looks like something else. I I actually disagree. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they're basing it off of a single feature or some type of like, it's like curvature or something. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, but everything past like this is, is different. Is it, so does that make me right? I don't Mm -hmm. know. Right. I think that, I think it's something that like anytime someone says like, this looks like something else it's worth looking at. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like on the designer to designer scale, I absolutely think open communication is just like key. Yeah. Right. Like I I usually know if I'm getting too close to some other design, like I'll design something and be like, man, this is weird. This like, okay, it doesn't, this doesn't look like me or this, this is starting to like, what is this feeling like? Yeah. Like you're channeling something you saw a channeling little bit more something than you wish you, you were. Is, yeah. yeah. That you yeah. think is I've, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that happen. And I, I, I will say reaching out to other designers the couple of times I've done that have been good experiences. So it's like, yeah, I think same. it's usually, it's usually the right thing to do. I think is just to have that conversation so that yeah. there's nothing left unsaid, I guess. Um, yeah. It's. It's an interesting thing because I, I, I think with design, almost anything in general, you always hear the trope of like, you know, simpler is better, like simpler is hard. Like, yeah. But once you have gotten to a point where you can't remove anything, then you're done. Right. Like that's, yeah. there's all these phrases about this. I do tend to agree with that in a lot of ways, but like, it's like if you give people a very limited amount of resources to make this thing. So it's like, a simple knife is only going to have like eight lines, right? Right. It's like, then you can only do so much of those eight lines. And I've thought many times before that it's like the more lines that you have to work with, the easier it is to be unique. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. And so it makes me wonder, like, are we all captured by this mindset that we should have the fewest possible lines and right. it's creating more friction than there needs to be? Like, or should Here, here's, we- here's another one too. Like, Look at the loveless, the four inch loveless hunter. At what point did it become okay for people to start making four inch loveless hunters? Right. Because it's, it's, it's a style in and of itself. Those knives are clones. I would argue that like a lot of the clones, man, how do you, yeah, this is like, this is like a really, this is like so broad spectrum, mm-hmm. right? where it is a very recognizable knife that was basically taken on by like a generation of makers as like Mm -hmm. a standard. Mm -hmm. I don't know the history of like, was that okay with, with Bob Loveless? Was it that he had enough people who worked for him that made those knives that worked under him, that it actually became like its own style, a genre, a genre of knife. Yeah. Um, This is not what we're, talking about, right? Like we're talking about a single company taking a design and presenting it as their own. Mm -hmm. Um, it's 
Well, it's interesting because if you look at like the ABS kind of forging world, it's yeah. like they have almost like a, a like a portfolio of patterns that they all go from in a lot of ways. And it's a lot un- of right. A lot of and people. I, yeah. And I don't mean that in, in, in any way critical. I'm just saying right. like the culture is that we're creating we're recreating existing designs. Do you think in, that's because a lot of it's from a historical context? Is, yeah, it's like historical recreation is like a little right. bit of the vibe there. Right. Um, and I respect it. I mean, I think it's cool. And like my dad being a saddle maker, you know, he'll do and bit, bit and spur makers, silversmiths that he's friends with. Like they do a lot of what they do is like hist- it feels a little bit like historical recreation with right. like a new spin. And so it's very similar to that ABS mindset. But it seems like in the manufacturing side of what we're doing, because we aren't like calling back to this historical precedent. It's like, right. it needs to be a hundred percent new is kind of right. like the, or you're creating, I mean, this is the thing, like you're creating genre, right? Like yeah. you have, and like, I'm all over the place design wise. So I have like aesthetics that are different, mm-hmm. but I can, you know, like if you look at the knives I have with CRKT, I can design inside of that kind of sphere of like, mm-hmm. you know, tuna squid, like they have, they use this like common design language they're not copies of each other. They're similar. Someone could easily design a knife inside of that kind of design language. And Mm -hmm. like, I wouldn't say anything. Mm -hmm. Right. That's not, man, it is. It's so broad. I think, I think too, like it depends on industry, like the Overland industry. Like I watch, there are so many like one-to-one copies of products. Like I've got a Prinsu rack on my Tacoma after Prince who came out, like all of these other companies just released like the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, how is that? Okay. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. a great idea. It's a really cool concept. And like, at this point, I mean, everybody makes one. You're like, where was the conversation that happened around that? Am I just like, so like naive or like old fashioned that I'm like, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't take it. Cause it belongs yeah. to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this, like we have a designer background, both of us. So we have a strong emotional connection to design and it's in the ethics with design. Right. Could we be wrong? Could we, absolutely? could we be in a cultural capture in like as a designer framed mindset of like what makes us own something that we brought to the world when it may have just been an amalgamation of something else, which, you know what I mean? It's like, it's. Yeah. I, how much do we really own it? You know what I mean? No, I get, I get what you're saying. And like the, the, at the end of the day, like if you can't defend it in court, I guess it doesn't play. I don't necessarily choose to run my business that way or interact Mm -hmm. with other humans that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't make me right. It's just the way that I choose to, to operate. Yeah. So my operation mindset and you touched on a little bit is like the reason I try to ignore all these things is like if your business model is to clone or to follow or to absorb pre-existing things and create them either cheaper or faster or just rebrand them for your own thing, like that puts you in a position by default to be in second place forever. Yeah. And so if I'm being cloned, that means I must be in first place. Sure. And I'm not, I'm not trying, that's not like an ego statement. I'm no, just saying, no, when I'm being cloned, that means I must be leading in some way in some way. movement. Yep. And so it's like, if I, if someone's cloning me, I want to be onto the next thing right. and I'm therefore a step ahead. 
Right. And so it's like, I've tried to maintain the mindset of like, try to care as little as possible about yeah. these clones. And so this Williams Knife Co. one, this is the first time I've ever talked really publicly about this kind of stuff. It's because it, it's an American company. Yeah, Normally we yeah. see clones from overseas and it pops up on eBay and you're like, ugh, that's annoying. But mm-hmm. you know it doesn't affect your business. You know it doesn't affect, you know, the visibility of like what you make. Yeah. This one is actually just like dirty. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it's it the best word I can think of is it's just like it feels gross. It's yeah, icky. Super icky. gross. It's just yeah. icky. Yep. And that that's what made me think about it is like the disingenuous again, like if you're selling clones on eBay, you know what you're doing, we know what you're doing. It's a it's actually honest in a way that it's like I'm cloning knives and selling them on eBay. That's what they're doing. Right. But this guy, it's it's like the the honesty is there's no honest <laughs> thievery going on yeah there's no honest <laughs> you know thievery right yeah it's just yeah it's just gross yeah and so but I, I i digress like like i said i i want to be cloned in a sense because because it means that your models are so successful and that they are in like the the spotlight that someone is taking the time to copy them right and is, that, do I read that right? Right. And it, yeah. but, but that, that mindset requires me to keep moving though, because yeah. the, the only way that that detracts from my business is if I eventually stop designing new things, then suddenly I'm stuck where they are. But if I, if I continue to move forward, I'm never where they are. I'll always be ahead. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Well, and that, I mean, like in the years that I've done this, like I have had points where I don't feel like I'm moving forward. Like I'm just working mm-hmm. and those that those are the times where when another maker comes too close, I feel it. Mm-hmm. Right. If something is successful and a maker gets really close or I can see that it's derivative, that's where I've experienced frustration. And early on, I would, I think that I was more prone to like reach out, have conversations. Like I called at least one, or I tried to talk to a company that had basically taken the Quiken at that point and like, they cut the tip off and like changed like the pivot. Mm. And I mean, it's like a one-to-one, like you could overlay it and you're like, it's the same knife. You just like cut the tip off mm. and it was super frustrating. But what I realized I was more frustrated that they wouldn't talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that company is gone and that's great and delightful. And, you know, probably because of business practices, but like I'm always willing to have the conversation and I've stepped in for other companies that I've seen like makers go after because I understand this process of like, they may have just picked up a knife and added it to their line without knowing mm-hmm. doesn't make it right. But how they handle it after the fact is like, what's important to me. Yeah. 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 Right. And I think sure. that is, that's probably like semi unique just because like you and I have a different access point, like to the manufacturing and like mass market side of our industry. We're not just on the custom side. Mm -hmm. So you kind of get to see it from both, you know, views. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is a good point that manufacturing, because like in the custom side, it's like you can't meet your demand. So if other makers start doing something similar, it's like, they're not really taking something out of your pocket. But if like, if you design something for CRKT and another big fish, does the same thing. Like it actually does kind of be like, uh, it's frustrating. It's actually competing. Right? Yeah. It actually and, and again, I don't, for me, a lot of times, like I'm, I want visual recognition. 
So I, if I have a design, I want that design to exist as long as possible without things that are too close, because what happens is it starts to get diluted, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the origins get diluted. Obviously that has a timeline. Like we only get so long, but like as a designer and a maker, I want to try and give anything that I create as long of a trajectory mm-hmm. as possible. But is it possible? Let me ask you this, that, that when you have a dilution, so like, let's say you design a knife, it, it in some way changes the whole industry to where there's a whole new genre and yeah. there's all these people competing in that genre that are yeah. all derivative in some way. Right. To me that, I'm conflicted because it almost feels to me like that is a thing on, on your resume. That's actually, Oh, good, I totally agree. Right. Cause yeah. it's like, if you look at, you know, some famous designer over the last 50 years, it's like, you can probably find their genre that would never have existed without them. Yeah. And the people that know, know. Yeah. And it's like, I, if I ended up at the end of my career, having like this trail of genres that were yeah. from my work that like, you might look at and say like, they're all cloning and copying and like fighting, you know, sharks being sharks. Sure. But it's like, but if even some people could point and be like, oh, I know where that genre came from. Like to me, part of me is attracted to that in a weird way. 100%. I feel exactly the same way. I actually think that as a kind of an overarching career goal, that's even reasonable. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is why it's a complicated emotion. Yeah. I also like the idea that I can, if, if look, if I design something, that so inspires someone else that they're like, this is like, this is my style. So like I've got, okay. Walter Brand like was a maker that when I first started making, like the way that his grinds curved legitimately kind of blew my mind. All of my knives had curved grinds, right? Kind of same with like when I came in with Ken Onion, where it's like these compound recurves, these mm-hmm. shapes where I was like, I need, I need to be able to like work within that context. Yeah. But the knives are not copies either. Right. So I look at it. And I, I think you have to be like pragmatic about just kind of like, okay, this is inspired by if I, if you have enough visibility, you're going to inspire people and you have to be okay with that. Like I would, I would much rather have that on my resume. Like, yeah. Like I brought some more people into the industry or like I, I gave them some direction because I've had that, like I've had mm-hmm. makers that have given me direction, you know, let me ask you this. Here's just a question. So you can walk into some gas stations, convenience stores, they've got knives. I like, I like glancing at them because you know, half the time I'm like, well, can onion, uh, yeah. you know, like <laughs> Richard Rogers, like you, you can just see like where those are coming from. And this is no secret. Yep. If you, I don't know if you have yet, but when you look, at least for me, it's like, I want to kind of see like, is there any of mine in there? If you have had that happen where you saw your design in a gas station at that level, like $4.99, you know, how did it make you feel or how would it make you feel if that hasn't happened? Uh, Closest I've probably gotten to that. So I actually have seen my knives in gas stations, like, like production knives being sold like in gas stations but like your actual but the actual knife yeah so that's different yeah i've seen one knife on a gas station attendant that i designed and that was awesome but what you're asking uh clones four years ago i saw ten dollar quiken flippers 
100% clone, different packaging. Retail was $10. It's crazy. I bought one. So how did it make you feel though? That one, I mean, it's nice because I was so separated from it. You just realize I'm like, that for me is like, if I've ever designed anything that had a ripple, I think that knife was probably yeah. it. So that knife yeah. had a ripple. If cool. I have yet to see that level, like where I literally am in a gas station and I see my design getting yeah. copied at that level. I think I'd be so stoked. Honestly, right. I, I think it would make, put a huge smile on my face yeah. uh, because of the feeling that like that, think of the giant trajectory of this design yeah. for it to get here. Because yeah. guess what it's next to? It's next to a Ken Onion design. Right. Why is that there? It's because right. he's Ken Onion. They're you know icons. I mean? Yeah. So it's like that. It, it's like a, almost a resume thing to be like, they're they're copying me to the extent that they are literally putting these in all the flying J's in the country. Yeah. Totally. And it's like, that's, that's cool to me, even yeah. though it's slimy. But like, that puts a smile on my face if it were to happen. But that's to circle back, like with the Williams knife, the reason that doesn't put a smile on my face <laughs> is it's like, it's the pretending to be a real knife company. Whereas like a gas station knife, everybody knows their gas. They're not pretending right. anything. Yeah. But if I saw the gas station knife at blade show on someone's table yeah, and they were like, we're this blue collar American brand, like rah, rah, I'd be like, yeah. shut up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that's yeah, how I'm could at. you not acknowledge yeah. it's right? more, it's mostly the branding that bothers me about the Agreed. way this went down. It's mostly Agreed. the branding. Yeah. So there's, I guess we got feelings involved in this and that's like, yeah. It's not purely business, yeah. Right? But that, I mean, yeah. that, I don't know. That feels normal anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, this is. I think this is like as an experience at this point. It, it's another like, just, I don't know, another point where you can stop and look at it and be like, okay, like where does my inspiration come? What do I consider too close? How does my brand operate? You know, and I think that if I had like an ask of like, you know, customers or like newer makers, it would be like, figure out why you like what you like and like where it came from. Like, do you have a style that is what you consider like your style and it's like specific? Like who was the first person who did that? Like, just, just know, just know like the roots of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The historical precedent is something that I, I want to know. Like when people totally. talk about, I remember someone, the first time I ever heard about Bob Trezuela yep. and they started listing off his credibility and like his history and, yep. you know, Kydex, yep. G10, things that yep. it's like so ubiquitous now. Yeah, thumb and discs. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and it's like almost unbelievable. And yeah. so it's like for, for him, I hope he feels this way. He seems like a very intelligent guy and a yep. well-rounded guy. I, I bet he's pretty stoked to see that this has infected the whole industry like g10 and kydex right. you know and it's like i would love for something that i do to be like that you know and it's like totally it yeah it's it's such a it's such a tricky thing to think about like copying and influence but it, here's so using bob as an example if you if you make a copy of the atcf right it's gonna everyone's gonna know it's bob's knife mm-hmm it's a, it's a liner lock. It's a frame lock. It's a, like, it's what we consider like, okay, it's a tactical folder, but it's Bob's tactical folder. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it's recognizable. If another company comes out with an ATCF, it's instantly recognizable. Yeah. Yeah. 
man. Yeah, and that's and that's back to that thing of like the we value the artistic signature so right. highly. And I, I think that's correct. I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate, but I think totally. that's that's I agree with that. Where does that like I guess ultimately it leaves us with a position that is not defendable from a legal standpoint, but is like a guiding light of how we conduct our business. That's kind of, that's a trip. Yeah, for sure. I didn't go to business school. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. Yeah. It's, it's a fun, uh, it's a salty topic, but it's kind of fun to talk about because it has implications, right? It makes you, there's some hard questions that you have to think about when you think about, I mean, there's clones that are clones that are clones. And then there's like the gray area. And it's like to even talk about the gray area, you kind of have to dig into some hard questions. Well, I think Um, you and I try to like stay pretty positive too. And and that's why this, this conversation, like both of us are like, do we like talk about this? I think there's so little worry about the company itself. Like that component of it is like, it's a joke that, you, you, it prompts a conversation, but it's like almost just like, it's like embarrassing. Like I'm embarrassed for that method of doing business mm-hmm. and thinking that like you're, you're doing like you're doing yeah. something good or have like a yeah. cool company and like yeah. everything comes around. Like people will figure it out. People like, you know, educate themselves. It's been interesting kind of like watching the process because like as over the past few days, like, they're just playing whack-a-mole because people are coming <laughs> to me like, dude, like my friend designed that knife or like, you know, that's an Ephros elder. Like, what are you doing? Ban, ban, ban. Yeah. And it's like you, it's at some point you probably have to look at that and be like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, yeah. How is it's, this winning? Like, how, how is, is this a, business? Yeah. The business should work for you and should improve your quality of life. How is that any kind of quality of life to be defending yeah. against an army of people that are like, Dude. laughing at you yeah yeah it's hard yeah. i don't know so that is i don't know if we like actually got into like any like like theory of like what is too close what's not too close you know you always hear people like say like you know it when you see it yeah i, I think as I a agree. as a maker you know you know yeah. internally when you're too close to something else yeah yeah it's 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 something to I think self-regulation is the best solution yeah. for this. Have you, you ever could, have you ever designed something and loved it and then had to kill it because you realized that it essentially was like too close to someone else's design? Yes, but not I never got it so far in that it was like, oh, I'm prototyping this thing. I've yeah. had I've had very exciting sketches and yeah. like the beginnings of CAD sketches. models yep. that got like I'm like, God, oh so good. <laughs> yeah. I'm like yeah, I've had that happen. Yeah. And I'm I mean, sure I've had it a bunch of times. Like usually, usually only in sketches. Like I'll, I'll be like chasing a line and I'll get somewhere and I'm like, this is awesome. And then I'm like, oh man. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no I've, I've had that sneak right in there. Um, but yeah, it's, that's where, like I said, like the self regulation of, of the designer. Um, I think being the one to go to, if you feel like you've afflicted another person's design. Yeah. Or you've become too close. Like I think being the one to reach out, like we should, I don't think we should create an industry of designers that are accusing. I think we should create totally. an industry of designers that are especially conscious and being the ones to initiate it. If Just they communicating. feel close, close. 
Yeah. So it's like, if I even, like I said, if I even get a hint that I'm getting close, I try to, I try to say something. Yeah. Yeah. I think but, that's good. And but, I, th- I think like in the past when I've had other makers reach out to me and ask if something was too close or like if they could use a, like a feature or something, I think overwhelmingly it's been positive. Yeah. You, you know what would solve our problem? What? If we were really, really cool, like John, like uh, Gavin Hawk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like <laughs> just smarter than Joe everybody Caswell, else. Yeah. <laughs> who people look at and they're not cloning shit, dude. They're like, those are, those are new knives. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. I'm limited. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm easy to knock off. Right. Like, right. We're down here in the, my in the mud just wrestling yeah. and they're like, yo, check out this morphine karambit, you know, just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. yeah. You know, if I ever bring anything like that out, I'm being derivative. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh huh. That's funny. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, is that like, that was good. That was like a little vent. Yeah. Right. No, don't I, be I, a I, clown company. Like if you're starting a company, like just be cool. Don't be take legit. advantage of people. Yeah. Just be legit. Just be legit. If you're a yeah. designer, like do cool yeah. designs. Yeah. Yeah. Better to have friends. Be transparent. Be legit. Yeah. Do things. Communicate. Communicate. It's not that hard, dude. It's no, it's a direct like correlation to any other thing you do in life. It's just, just do it. Just do it. Find your own line. Yeah. Like we all have things that we like, just find what you like and then do that. Yeah. And hopefully someone will copy you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, all right, dude, let's call it. Hey guys. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Hopefully that wasn't, didn't like seem too salty or like whiny, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I wondered, I I was thinking about it too. I was like, man, it's like the the ivory tower thing of like these designers arguing. I'm like, I was, I was thinking about that. I'm like, how does it, how does this sound? This is the whole point. We just wanted to have conversations. So, I mean, this is, this is a real, this is a real conversation. It's legit guys. All right. Appreciate y'all. Thanks guys. Have a good one.